So the Bible says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. This is good news. The Holy Spirit was under the direction of God the Father, and Jesus Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. Praise the Lord. And he said, you don't have to wonder if you're going to be raised. You don't have to wonder where you're going as a Christian. We have this hope. We have this trust in him that he said, I, where I go, you will be there also, and I'll welcome you to myself. Isn't that good news? You're not going to be in a big, long line or a crowd trying to get in. Oh, I got to get in. I got to get in. No, he said, I'm going to receive you to myself. I'm going to be there. I'm going to open up my arms and embrace you and bring you in. Isn't that good news? Because, you know, you, when you take your last breath, you don't know where you're going. You don't know what's going to happen. But Jesus said, don't worry. I'll be there. I'll be there. Welcoming you in. Hallelujah. You know, when you go on a plane trip and you go to a foreign country or a foreign place, there's nobody there to welcome you. You know, you just wander around like, okay, well, where do I go? What do I do? Where's my baggage? And, you know, how do I get to my hotel? You know, uh, Mary's, Mary Ann's mother, she always plans the trip for us, and so I don't even have to w- wonder about anything. I just follow along, carry the bags, and where do we go? What do we do? You know, one day I had to take a trip by myself, and I haven't taken one for about 30 years, and I'm going, oh, you mean I got to look and see where the baggage is? I got to look and see where the hotel is? I'm, I'm lost here. <laughs> but Jesus said, don't worry. I got a complete escort of angels to bring you to me. Amen? That's a good, that's a good uh, thing. Now, I want to ask you a question here as we get started. Uh, do you like winning? Or some of you like, you know, get, get a good feeling when you win at something, whether it be a sports activity, you write Raina, you're competitive, right? Anybody else are just all just kind of peaceful, you know? Arturo, I know you like to win, right? You don't like losing. But, you know, the wild world of sports, they said, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. And when I was growing up, I liked to win at everything. It just, that's baseball, basketball. I was trained. Win. Beat the other guy. Find a way to beat him, right? Well, when I became a Christian, I said, I don't want to be a mamby-pamby Christian. I don't want to be just like, okay, whatever you want to do to me, that's fine. I'll just be, praise the Lord. That, that's not a fun being Christian, is it? I told the Lord, I'll accept you, but let's win. I want to be successful. And, and we want to be successful in everything that we do, don't we? And Jesus has paved the way for us that we may have good success. That's good news, isn't it? He, he's made it possible for us to be able to do that. So I'm competitive. My wife's competitive. So when we were dating, uh, we ran out of things to do. And so we said, well, let's go bowling. And my apologies to anyone here that loves bowling because I'm just not that good at it, so I don't do very much of it. So we went bowling, and I wasn't really warmed up uh, on the first game. <laughs> Got my excuses already, right? So the first game, she beat me. And she said, well, that was fun. Let's go. I go, no, wait a minute. We are not leaving here until I beat you. I said, put your shoes back on. We're going we're to bowl some more. And so I, I did beat her. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Didn't want to live with that before we got married, you know. So I think that trickled down to my son without him knowing it because we were playing Monopoly, a friendly game Monopoly, at the house, and we play Speed Monopoly, where it doesn't take forever. But anyway, he was only about eight or nine, 
and, and I beat him. Hallelujah. I beat everybody there. And, <laughs> and so my wife whispers to me, let him win. I go, let him win? What are you talking about? He has to learn how to fight. So second game, dad won again. Praise the Lord. Well, let's, let's just put up the game and let's go to bed. No, dad, we're, you're not going to bed until I beat you. I go, you, where, where did you learn this? Some kind of osmosis. So then finally, I let him beat me so I could go to bed. That's the only reason. Now, I wondered why my wife whispered to me, let him win. That's not her nature, except for her son. Because when she was in, in grade school, she was a, the fastest girl runner. And so they were going to pit the boys against the girls in a race. And so uh, one of the guys was kind of sweet on her and said, let me win. She said, okay. But something happened when they hit the gun. She took off. She beat him. I said, what happened? She says, I don't know. Something came over me. I just had to win. It's just in my nature to win. I said, well, he probably didn't talk to you much anymore. No, he didn't talk to me anymore. <laughs> uh, who wants a girl that can beat you at everything? So I think inside is our desire to win. God has put that in us. Now, it doesn't have to be in sports. Some of us are just sports fanatics, and we want to win all the time. My wife watches the Dodgers. And, and she can't understand why they can't win every game. They're a good team. Why, why, why sometimes they get 15 hits and other days they only get two hits? What, what's up with that, you know? She, she's, she's not, she's, she can't even watch it. If they start losing, turn it off. Let's go. I'm getting out of here, okay? She has it really bad, okay? That's okay. I've learned in, in my life, and probably you all have too, we can't have our way all the time. We have to learn how to have faith and patience and believe that all things work together for the good to them who are called of God and are uh, called of his purpose. Amen? Amen. So, but, so when I told the Lord, I want to win, Lord, so I came across these scriptures that it says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. I go, no, that's what I'm talking about. We triumph all the time. Thanks be unto God who always, always, always causes us to triumph. Then I looked at another scripture that says in Romans 8, 37, we are more than conquerors to him that uh, died for us. Amen? More. You know what, a con what, you know what more than conqueror means? It's like a guy that is in a boxing match, and he goes 15 rounds, and he gets all beat up, and he's bloody and everything, and, and he gets his, his purse, his winning purse, and he hands it over to his wife. So she is more than a conqueror. <laughs> he conquered, but she got the reward. Amen? Same thing with Jesus. He battled. He fought. He got bloodied. But guess what? We are the winners. We're more than conquerors to him who loved us. Isn't that good news? We don't have to fight. We just fight a, a battle that has already been determined by Jesus Christ. He, he won. So... Um, so it is with the resurrection. Now, let's look at this. Uh, now, Jesus was winning. Let me see him in the temple here. This is his first sermon, Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to pr proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are oppressed, 
to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He was rolling, baby. He was quoting scripture. All the people were amazed. All the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And all the disciples and the apostles said, wow, we got it now. We got our man. He is the Messiah. He's going to bring victory to us and get us out of Roman bondage, right? But as time went on, the Sadducees and Pharisees plotted to kill Jesus, and he was betrayed by his own apostle, Judas. You ever have anybody that betrayed you, your own friend, you know, that, that talked bad about you and said things that weren't true about you? I must be in the wrong church here. I don't know. It's just, yeah, they, they, they do things. They, they, they say things behind your back. They cause you to not do well. They're, they're Judases. But if they did it to Jesus, don't be surprised they did it to you, right? So what they did is they plotted to kill him, and guess what? They put him on a cross, and he died. And they put him in the grave with a big stone in front of the grave, saying, it's over, boys. All that hoopla that you guys had about Jesus can do this, and he's the Messiah, and he's going to save you. It's over. It's done. He's dead. And for three days, they believed that because the disciples, they went fishing. Come on. They went back to their old uh, uh, job, their old occupation. Mary and, and, and the woman were just crying, weeping, oh, I don't know. And so it was nice while it lasted. And they said, well, I thought he was the chosen one, but I guess it's all over. But then what happened? I like this next slide. He's coming back. He's coming back. Hallelujah. And I like that little stairs, and I like this picture because he's coming back like, hey, boys, get ready. Here I come. Amen. I'm taking my steps because when I come out of here, it's going to be a glorious time, and I'm going to spread my glory upon all my people. Amen. He can't wait to get up. He can't wait to show himself and say, I told you. I told you I was going to come back. Amen. That's the way we have to believe. When we're down and we're out and things don't look right, we have to say, I told you, I told you God was going to work in my behalf. Amen. You doubted me, but guess what? When he came back, he didn't came, come back all beaten and bruised and bloodied. Here's how he came back with this picture. Oh, he looks good. Not a scar, not a mark on him. You know, like, like the... Uh, the guys that went into the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out, and not even a smell of smoke. Jesus came out, what? What crucifixion? They could, I laid my life down, and I take it up again, and here I am. And so he came out, a what? A winner. Amen? Triumphant. And we can have that same triumph over everything that we uh, face. So <laughs> what's interesting is... Um, no one, they, they were shocked. They were shocked when Jesus came back. But the angel that came there, let's look at that where they have the, the guards. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Let's go to where, uh, in Luke 24. When the angels came, he said, he is not here, but is risen. 
Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And then they remembered his words. What? What were these guys doing? They weren't paying attention. They weren't writing notes down, were they? Jesus had spoke to him in Matthew. Let's look at Matthew. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Pretty plain, right? They didn't have a clue. What is wrong? Now, what's interesting is the Pharisees realized that this imposter, they called him, said he was going to rise on the third day. They weren't even his disciples. They knew it. What blinded the disciples? What, weren't they, what were they not thinking? But guess what? It's the same thing that we have to face our own selves. When we get into tragedy and turmoil and situations that we don't see any answer to, we have to what? Remember his words. What did he tell you? What did he speak to you? What did he say to you? Right? He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You'll never be disappointed trusting in me. I am the Lord that healeth thee. All things are possible to him that believe. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will guide you with my mighty right hand. I will make a way where there is no way. That's what we have to remember when we're in trouble, when we're in disarray, when things don't go our way and it looks like there's no way out. God, God said, I know where you're going to be. I know how to get you out. I need you to remember what I told you. In Psalms, I don't know if you have it up there, Psalms 46, 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. He said, I'm present with you. I'm going through it. I'm walking through this thing through with you. Because, you know, we're on a journey. Did you know that? It's a long haul. And in the, when you have a journey, there's troubles, situations that you face that kind of surprise you, take you unexpected, and you wonder like, oh, God, what's we gonna, what are we going to do now? He says, I'm with you. I'm an ever-present help in time of trouble. You can lean on him. You can uh, believe that he's faithful and he's reliable, that you can count upon him. You don't have to wait and wonder, oh, God, do you hear me? The Bible says this is the confidence that we have, that if we pray according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Plain and simple. We have to remember his words. Amen? Now, so, so let's look at these uh, soldiers so the, the, the um, Pharisees said, we heard that this guy, this imposter, said he was going to rise from the dead. So they put these guards here to protect the stone, to make sure nothing was happening. Now, I looked at this picture, and you see something a little different about this picture, kind of like doesn't really fit. Like, look at this guy on the left. This is not one of Rome's finest, okay? He, he's a little pudgy. Could be a little out of shape. I don't know. This guy on the right, he seems like he's trying to be mean, but I don't think he's that mean. Uh, I really don't. I think these guys kind of came from Universal Studios or something, and they just, you know, dressed him up and everything. But 
<laughs> what happened is they saw Jesus rise from the dead. They saw the angels come and roll away the stone. Yeah, they did. And they went over to the high priest and they said, man, you won't believe this. <laughs> but he did. He rose from the dead. And they gave him large sums of money to say, don't say that. We'll back you up. Just say you fell asleep. And the disciples came and picked him up. That's, now, you know, where's Pastor Charlie, what's the penalty for falling asleep on guard? Probably go to jail. Yeah. But how did these guys get away with it? Because they said, we'll cover for you. So that's a great, uh, you know, uh, scam to think that, that, uh, that Jesus could actually, uh, that he would actually come up from the grave and all of a sudden be whole and healed and everything. So we have to, the first thing we have to remember is what has Jesus told us? Now, I told you last week that us as pastors, we, we don't have a pastor's card that we just, when we're in trouble, we just, we have a pastor card, can you just let us through here, you know? Can we get our blessing, you know? We need, yeah, be nice, huh? We need a healing, so here, it's, it's up to date, okay? You know, let's bypass all the things that we need to do because, you know, I'm chosen, you know? I'm one of God's finest, so just let me through. No, we have to go through the same process, the same, you know, uh, time span to get our healing and same faith that we have to use as you do. And so uh, I want to give you a little behind-the-scenes look at Pastor Charlie's journey. He was candid with me. And uh, so because what he had to do, you think, oh, Pastor Charlie's going to be a pastor. How nice, how sweet. Huh. <laughs> I didn't know this, but he had a, several videos, how about like 10, 15 videos. Who knows? Who counted? And then he has to do answer the questions and then do a little uh, uh, written uh, synopsis of it, and then he gets three big manuals that he has to answer questions, 40 or 50 questions from each manual for three hours, one hour for each manual. Okay, so I, I showed it to my son because he's going through the process. He goes, who, who could do this? <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he's a, an attorney. He went to law school. He, he finished fourth in his class, and he said it was hard. So surely... Us older folk, Charlie, uh, have to really apply ourselves. And so what we didn't know, we went in, we passed the first hour. The second hour, they said, oh, you have to have a scripture for everything, every question that you answer. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Pastor Charlie says, Pastor Chuck doesn't use the scripture every, he doesn't quote the scripture every time he talks. I go, well, this is their rules and their ordination. So uh, we had to pack it up, go home study some more, and come back and take the test. Now, I want to tell you something. The devil doesn't care if you're going to be a pastor. He didn't care that Jesus was going to be uh, preaching. Didn't the devil tempt Jesus in the wilderness? He said, if you be the Son of God, make these stones bread. If you be the Son of God, cast your foot upon the stone. If you be the Son of God, bow down. And Jesus said, no way, Jose. And he gave him the Word of God, just like we have to. So Pastor Charlie is going to be transparent and just tell us how he was tempted when he uh, was about to take on. Good morning. Happy Easter. Praise the Lord. He is risen. 
Being said that, Jesus stands by you. Uh, as I went for the second phase of my interview, a lot of studying, like Pastor Chuck said. About three days, well, let's start. When Pastor Chuck said that God told him not to call me Elder Charlie anymore, to call me Pastor Charlie, I was going through some of my cards, memory cards, a stack of them about yay big. They fell out of my hand, fell on my desk, and one card turned up with printed on it. It was Isaiah 41, 9 and 10. It says, I have called you from the ends of the earth. I have taken you from its furthest regions. He said to me, you are my servant. I have chose you. I have not cast you away. Do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I thought, wow, if God's called me and he's going to uphold me with his righteous right hand, then this is my call to follow through with what he told Pastor Chuck. So now that was the start of it. Now in the second phase was study, study, study. Then it come time for the interview. About three days before the interview, I was being attacked viciously by the devil. I almost called Pastor Chuck up and says, you know what? It's a done deal. I'm not going through with this. But as I was praying, the Lord gave me some verses. He gave me Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, have no anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, past all understanding, will keep your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, okay. And I was really anxious. I was hurting. The devil was beating on my door big time. <laughs> and as I was pondering that scripture, he gave me another scripture. It was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I said, okay, Lord, then you need to direct my path. And then James 4, 7 come up. It says, submit yourself to God. Resist Satan, and he will flee from you. And I says, it worked for Jesus. It's going to work for me. Mm. So I said, get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. It's sort of like the weight was lifted off of my shoulders. And then I said, okay, in light of all that he's going to do for me, he said, ask and you shall receive. Believe it, you have it, and you will have it. So I says, Lord God Almighty, do not let them ask me any questions that I don't know the answers to. <laughs> and it must have worked. Praise the Lord. Amen. And Pastor Chuck can tell you, because he was in the room, what was going on. But I did feel him behind me, praying for me, and I felt the spirit in that room. Amen. God is with you.
no matter where you are. Amen? So I like the scripture in Ephesians 3.20. We're getting ready to do some things. Uh, Ephesians 3.20 said, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's interesting that Paul amplified this so much and described it. He could have said, now unto him who is able, right? Then he keeps going, now unto him who is able to do. Do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. He could have just said, now unto him who is able to do all that we ask or think. But why did he put those you know, adjectives in there. He's saying, like, <laughs> you don't know my God. <laughs> he, he can do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. You think you got it? Oh, you, you got your prayer down? Oh, I think, God, you can do this. And he says, I'll do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask to them who believe according to the power. What power is that? The, power, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Paul also said that I may know him and Know the fellowship of his sufferings and the power of his resurrection. Isn't that good? Do you know the power of his resurrection? Let's look at this uh, next scripture. Um, John eleven twenty one, 21. And we're winding down here. Remember when Jesus rose Lazarus from the, from the grave, from the dead? Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Next scripture. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, you don't have to wait for the last day. And she said, uh... Uh, it's probably not up there, but he said, Lord, by this time, he stinketh. You might have some stinking, thinking stuff in your life, right? Maybe your finances stinketh. Maybe your job stinketh. Maybe your marriage stinketh. He said, I can rise it from the dead. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. You don't have to wait for that day. It, resurrection is not an event. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he has this little tagline. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? It's the same question for us. Do you believe he's able to rise the things that are tormenting you and troubling you? Because if you can believe it, then you will see it. Isn't that what Pastor Charlie said? Believe that you receive, and then you shall have. Now, that takes a little bit more than just mental assent. It takes a little bit of the, the words of God dropping down into your spirit so that you build faith to believe that. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it. And I talk to him every day. I go, Lord, I know you know I'm down here, and I'm talking to you, and I know you hear me, so I'm waiting. I'm believing. I'm knowing that you're going to work in my behalf because I love you, right? Believe you, believe in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe that I'm able to do that? So the two things I want you to take away from today is remember what he said and believe that he's able to do it. Amen? So I'm going to finish with this little segment of uh, my encouragement. 
We can't let circumstances dictate what we believe. When you trust in the Lord, you will learn to appreciate and value the tough times that you're facing because you draw closer to him. You, you, you get into a position where you need his presence and his life on the inside of you. And so the tough times actually uh, amplify your faith and belief in him. Now, here, here, are you ready for this? There's no winning without a war. Amen? If you're in a war, that means you have to triumph. And the way you triumph is believing and trusting in him. Now, if you're playing a game and the guy doesn't try to beat you, it's not like really a good game, is it? So you can't have a victory unless you have a battle. And we're all going to have battles. The Lord said, uh, in this world, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have already overcome the world. Praise the Lord. So there's no opportunity without opposition uh, because what we, what we have here in this world is a troublemaker. You know his name? No, it's not your husband. No, it's <laughs> not your neighbor. No, it's the devil, okay? He's the troublemaker. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we must what? Fight the good fight of faith that we may lay hold on eternal life. And so when we win... We win because Jesus has already won us and given us the victory. Amen? Amen. Can you agree with that? Amen. So let's see how our artist is doing over here. Can you stand back and let's see. Oh, we're almost done. We have everything but the eyes, right? His hand is reaching out. It's beautiful. Okay, uh, what we're going to do, if we have our, our uh, premier dancer here, Come on in, guys. Okay. Um, we are going to play a song and have Marlene dance for us. And this song is very dear to her heart. It's called The Throne of God. And she had a vision one time where she saw the Lord and, uh, in the throne room, and she bowed down before him. What else can you do? He's so great. He's so mighty. So this song kind of depicts this, and so she's going to dance it for us. Amen. 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 Very beautiful, Marlene. Wow, I felt like I was in heaven there for a minute, didn't you? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you enjoyed your Easter resurrection experience today, that you take something from uh, the message that uh, if God has given us his own son, how much by him will he freely give us all things? Praise God. So let me pray over you. Father, we thank you that as these that have come to celebrate your, your resurrection day, that, Lord, we focus in on you and know that you love us so much, care so much for us, and want to dispense your goodness and your life on the inside of us. We receive it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all agreed said? Amen. Amen.